Hi, everybody. I'm back this week with Beck from Mississippi, my friend that I introduced you to back on the episode that we ended up talking about Walking Dead for uh, almost an hour when we didn't mean to. <laughs> but it uh, it was a good episode. It was fun. Um, a lot of people seemed to like it. We got good feedback on it. So I've asked Beck to come back and kind of partner up with me on a lot of the TV stuff. Beck, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm here. Um, I've watched too much TV. So let's talk about that. <laughs> We started um, texting each other immediately after Orange is the New Black came back last Friday, I believe it was. Yes. And I just, out of craziness going on with me, forgot that it was back and was looking for things to watch on TV that Friday. And then put, got on my phone at about 10 o'clock and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> I missed Orange is the New Black. I could have been watching it all day. But it was fine. I got up the next day and, and started my marathon of it because I tell myself every season, I think like a lot of people do, I'm going to stretch this out. I'm going to watch a couple episodes a day. I'm going to enjoy this. Let it ride. It didn't work. I watched it in two days. And you and I started texting, and I think you probably did the same thing, didn't you? You were the opposite. You were the opposite of me because you want to stretch it out, let it live. I was on Netflix at midnight, like, wait a minute. It's not, like, midnight other places. I have to wait till, like, 2 a.m. I was on there watching the first five episodes until 6 in the morning, and I was like, I have to get up because I have to leave in, like, an hour. So, no, I watched it the night of... I couldn't contain myself. That's how I always am. See, I say that every season. Like I said, I said I say it with all shows that that come out in a one season, you know, dropped at once format, and it never works out for me. I'm too much of an addict, and and hit the next one, hit the next one. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's a good thing that I don't do uh, drugs or drink because I would be in bad shape because that's how I would treat that. I those agree. Things too. I agree with that. No, it's it's a terrible thing. But I no, I know about myself. I never am like I'm going to be able to watch this for the next like week. No, I know. I click it. It's done in the day. Like I know. I let it go. I watch it twice. Well, then that's interesting. Um, how do you deal with shows that you watch that aren't a binge format release that come out on a weekly basis? I have a really hard time with that because I'll watch it and I'll be like, where's the next one? What's what's going to happen? So then it just leaves me this time of speculating what's going to happen in between. And that's not good either because then you spiral. So by the time it gets back to the show, you just don't know what's actually happening or what you were imagining. I'm currently experiencing that with Sharp Objects on HBO. We have started watching that, and I'm just ready for the, I want this story to get going, keep going. It finally started this week, and just when it got in, it's like the credits hit. And I sit there with my wife, and we both go, is that it? That's it? This one's over? We're, we're done? We got to wait? Now, that show is creeping her out. She She's told me now that we can't watch it on Sunday nights. We have to wait till Monday in the afternoon, the daytime. Because really? it's, it's creep. Yeah. Have you have you watched it at all? I haven't watched it at all because I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it on Hulu or Netflix or anything. So I'm going to just have to get on my uh, my uh, HBO app and pull it up. Right. It's on HBO and it's uh, we're at episode five, I think. So you should get on that one. That's That may end up being something that... There might be some gay stuff in it. I'm not sure yet. They're subtext. dropping some. Yeah, they're dropping some of the subtext in there, and and some. Conf I'm just really confused about what's going on. But if there's gay stuff in it, then I definitely want to end up talking about it on here. Good point. All right. Well, let's get to a show that we convened here for. Orange is a new black, and there's always gay stuff in that. 
That's so true. The whole thing is, I don't feel like there's much that's not gay in the show. Like, even if you get, like, I'm a heterosexual character, there's always going to be a little bit of, like, eh, but you might be a little gay in this show. And it's, I mean, that's okay. Because, I mean, they're in prison. What else are they going to do and talk about? Because there's so much queer activity in a prison. You would expect that that kind of activity, I mean, we all know, kind of goes on in the prisons. And I was glad that they didn't sugarcoat that and take it out of the show, that it's definitely a main part of it. And what you said about we have characters that we know are gay, we know are lesbian or bisexual or whatever they identify as. But then this season, they popped up and dropped us some new info on a character, Daya. Yep. Who's a problematic character for me in this show anyway. She tends to always do the wrong thing, always do bad things, always get in trouble, get in situations. So that's what I want to talk about with her, with you. She has, unfortunately, this season gotten caught up in what is the aftermath of the riot, which this is spoilers for this show. So if you haven't, people, if you haven't watched season five or six, you're going to not want to listen to this. You're going to want to do that and come back because season five leads into this season. There was the big prison riot and we have now moved into the maximum security area of the prison. Uh, after the riot, they split up all the inmates that we know, sent some off to prisons and sent some to the max. And so we're mostly set in the max area this season. And so Daya has unfortunately fallen uh, victim to everyone ratting each other out, everyone trying to get a better deal because the guards and the, um, I guess the federal agents have decided that somebody has to pay for this. And somebody's two people are getting life sentences and three people are getting 10 years. And Daya's one of, she had killed a guard so they just automatically are going to give her a life sentence. So she starts down a path this season where I think she's desperate and having trouble dealing with this life sentence. And that path leads her into drugs and lesbianism. <laughs> you know, the best choice that you can make in prison is drugs and lesbianism. It really takes your mind off of things. But I will say that Daya not dealing with this life sentence very well at all. It wasn't even a fact of she killed the guard, she's taking credit for that. It's the fact that she shot someone, and she knows she did something wrong. And so Dai is doing the thing where she punishes herself, like she always seems to do. And that's how she fell into this deep, dark, drug, gay hole that she found. And so it's all about, like, the situations that you get yourself in and the situations that you find yourself in where she's looking around she knows that the people around her are not the people that she had in the prison before. She knows that she's going to be stuck with these people for the rest of her life, however long that may be. So she's settled into, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to have as much power as possible, and I'm going to find my happiness with whatever person that I can. And I think that that's just, it's, it's a hole that we've seen Daya go down once or twice before. It's something that a lot of people would do in a prison situation. Mm -hmm. She's... Uh finding the big dogs, the big players, the people with some power, aligning herself with them, and doing what she has to do to provide something that they need. Now, the person that she's lined herself up with is a new character this year that everyone, universally, I haven't heard anyone say they don't like this character. This mm -hmm. is Daddy. Did we get Daddy's real name yet? Or it's no, not that I know of. We okay, probably did on her episode, but none of us were listening to that. No. Because we, we know looking. her as Daddy. Right. And I like this character a lot, even though she's involved in the drug trade. She's basically the one that gave Daya the drugs. And uh, to start off with, we come to find out that she's actually 
kind of uh, the person who's just doing what they have to do to get by in prison, which is kind of what she did in her real life. In the flashbacks, we saw that she was someone who provided services to rich people, and that's not a great thing that she was doing, providing women to these I got that they were just drug dealers or something like that. It was that. mostly people within the drug cartel and um, within different mafias that she worked for. So, I mean, right. but she protected those girls. Like, she did She did care about them. And I feel like that's something we see in the prison. So that's a good thing. We do see that in the prison. She's taking care of everyone. She's uh, taking care of of the person who is running her block she's taking care of diets she sees people who are having problems or in need and she just wants to take care of them now whether she's doing a good thing for them or not she's just supplying whatever they need to be taken care of and that's kind of what she did in her real life now i will say something about this character in the prison she's got this hair that i don't mm-hmm. know was there like a spell that went around the prison where everyone just did bad bleach jobs on their hair because I think so. Because everyone this season that's new, it seems like, has got streaks of bleach in their hair or their hair is crazy. That that, that color that doesn't even really exist, blonde, orange, brown combo of hair. Well, you know, her, her lackey did say, Daddy likes blondes. And I think that they all just discovered 90s magazines. So yes. they're all about that, like, frosted, like, highlighted look. Because that is everybody. They all look like they could be an Avril Lavigne video. Yeah, that's what prison is. Didn't you know that? Prison is just a junked up like Avril Lavigne video waiting to happen. I hope I never end up there then. Because <laughs> Although I think I would do really well for myself in prison. I mean, I'm knocking on, you know, airwood over here that, that, that I don't do anything that ends me up there. But I think that I've, number one, I've watched enough of Orange is the New Black. I've watched enough old school 70s prison movies. Um, starring like Linda Blair and Pam Greer and all those greats. Those are the best. I have picked up some skills there and just my real life skills. I think I could do okay for myself in there. I could find my niche kind of maybe like daddy has. So that's one of the new characters that I really like. And as we said, she and Daya have kind of formed a relationship. Now daddy started off flirting with her, just mercilessly flirting. And um, Daya liked the attention, I could tell. So my question is, as this relationship has moved through, do you think that this is a real relationship? Or is this just a distraction for Daya and her keeping her place with a group? For Daya on her side, I think it might just be a distraction and finding her power. I don't think that she truly cares about, like, being with Daddy as a person currently. I do think that Daddy, though, has... um, developed these feelings like actually developed feelings for Daya and wants to because now Daya is like her girl it's like one of her girls she's gonna take care of Daya and puts Daya first and you keep seeing that keep coming so I think that we might see within the next like coming season them having to deal with this isn't real for Daya but it is for daddy and I think that'll be a big issue I also think a big issue is going to be that everyone that gets in any sort of relationship with Daya, be it like a sexual, romantic, or friendship, pretty much ends up paying some sort of cost for being friends with her (laughs) or being in a relationship with her. So we're going to have to look out for that. Okay, there's another character that popped up. I'm going to go through the new characters first and let's let's just, just do a rundown of these people because there is possibly the most annoying character that has ever been on television. I've got a few other people on shows that absolutely wear me out. 
but I don't know that anyone has done it as bad as Madison. I don't want to call her Madison because that's a stupid fucking nickname <laughs> that she has given herself. <laughs> Nobody else is calling her Madison with a B. Nobody gives someone that nickname. That's a nickname that you give yourself. She is so annoying. How do you feel about Madison? I wouldn't even say that annoying covers it. Like, you know the thought of, like, nails on a chalkboard, but also think about the fact of the feeling of fingers on a cheese grater? Like, that's what you feel when you look at Madison. Like, it's just... Also, she's one of those people that has one of those names. It's Madison Murphy. It's Eminem. That's uh, annoying in itself. The Madison character is obviously from the greater Boston, Massachusetts area <laughs> somewhere and lets us know that by the over-exaggerated. She's like if you took all the Wahlbergs and rolled them into one person and they spoke, it would be her. That Boston, South Side, bad girl, wannabe accent. It, it's... It, that's the grating part. Yeah, I'll give you that cheese grater on that. It's really, really bad. And she she's the lackey of one of the uh, higher-ups in prison. It causes a lot of problems for Piper initially, some of the other people. And it's all, like, fear-based, I think. We see in her flashbacks, which we normally get sympathy for people in their flashbacks. I got no sympathy for her. I agree. 110%. I just felt like you did this to yourself. Like, you you pushed yourself into that corner and the fact that even her parents were like, what did we do that was so bad to you that you feel like you have to act like this? And they tried to help her. And, you know, in those moments, usually, like, a character's, like, trying to get help. No. Nobody cared. Like, after that episode, it's like when they try to tell Piper's stories and you don't really feel that bad for her. But you're just like, eh, she's there. That's the thing. That's Madison took over Piper's point of, like, everybody being annoyed at somebody. Madison took that over times 12. I am actually a Piper, uh, not a fan, but I, I'm not annoyed by Piper to the level that other people are. But I have heard that a lot from folks saying, you know, God, I hated Piper, but now I hate Madison way more than her. And uh, it's it's just maddening, this character. I, I know why she had to be there. I know her plot device in the story. I know what we needed her for to move through what they were trying to get through. But Lord, it was hard to listen to her every <laughs> every episode and she's in every episode so okay so we don't like madison we don't like madison at all there's no reason to like her i mean unless you really are into like that person that everyone else is just like why do you like them and you're trying to play devil's advocate there's no reason to like her i hate those people too i hate those people too that do that (laughs) so i'm hoping that she does not show up for season seven she can be adios out of there for me. Um, let's see. Who else have we got new that's a major player? Okay, we should go on to Carol and Barb. Exactly. In the new Max prison, the the cookies, as the people who came from the camp area, which are all of our usual regular cast members, the cookies have come up to Max, and Max is divided into um, cell blocks, uh, whereas the other camp was just, it was in areas, but everyone kind of flowed together, and there weren't battles or rivalries or whatever but in max we discover that we have carol and barb who are sisters and they are the kingpins of the prison and in charge of their own sections and areas and they each have a drug trade that they are running we are introduced in a flashback to the young carol and young barb 
And I took that as being set in the 70s. Exactly. It was the 70s. Yes. Okay. And we get a, a character that's tied to them, a character that you and I both love, Frida. Mm-hmm. Now, Frida was always just the straight talker, taking no shit, always took care of herself in the camp, uh, seemed to know the ways of the prison very well. I always liked Frida. Frida should have been a Walking Dead character. That's how much Frida is the best because she would have survived and she would have saved all the lesbians. She would have been nice to them and she would that spare lesbian from there, she's the one that carried her around. She knew what she was doing. <laughs> she just threw that lesbian over her shoulder and <laughs> she's said, like, Come on, we got, we're going. We gotta keep this one. Yeah. <laughs> so we we're introduced to all these people in a flashback at, at Max in the seventies and we've got Carol and Barb who are are, they just don't get along. They're siblings they're, that do not get along. And they've gone to prison together and they continue to not get along. Carol is running the drug trade and Frida is her helper, assistant. I, I took it that Frida was just hanging around because Frida's smart and she knows that this is the place she needs to be helping out with this situation. I discovered that young Carol has it going on. In this show. <laughs> Young Carol is probably my favorite character I've ever seen in this show. Young Carol. I love her. Like, I, like that's why I love the character of Carol. But the reason that I loved her the most is because when I looked at her, do you know who I immediately saw? I immediately saw Elise Bauman when I looked at Young Carol. Elise, who, who played Laura on Carmilla. Yes. <laughs> Which makes me, it ties it all together in one big gay circle, and it just makes me happy. And so just, could you imagine the words that came out of young Carol's mouth, Elise saying those? It would have been mind-blowing. So to see that kind of portrayed was just the best for me. <laughs> That's interesting. I love the, uh, the yard play of Carol and how she kind of walked around and with the gestures of like, bring it on, you mm -hmm. know, to, to her sister and with the lollipop in her mouth and, <laughs> and she's, she has that thing that everybody on Twitter is talking about the, uh, this is an air quotes, big dick energy. That's what I was thinking. That's what you think when you see her. Like, I'm, she owns it. Like, oh. She's, She's got little endearing qualities about her. Like she's, they've got a great little hidey hole cubby in the library where they have pillows in there and they're behind the bookshelf and they run and sell their drugs out of a little slot they've made between the books. And in there, she's got her Smokey and the Bandit poster. <laughs> and what I, what Burt Reynolds, kind of me, Burt yes. Reynolds, you got to remember Burt Reynolds for her. Yes. <laughs> What did kind of drive me crazy is just she seemed like such a horn dog. And so that was a little bit of a turnoff, like of like being man crazy, because I think that that's that would be like a weakness. I would think that Carol would think that was a weakness, but yet she was doing it. So I think there's a reason for that. I do think there's a reason for that. I think it's because when they were growing up, Barb was always the desirable sister and she was not. So I think the reason they play her as like a horn dog is like she's like, well, if I couldn't get out there in the world, I'm going to just say what I want. Like, she's crude and crass because she felt like she was not being watched by any type of man while she was out in the real world. And it was always about Barb when it came to that stuff. So I think that that's why she does that. Yeah, it, it did seem to be about Barb. We had a f flashback scene for them um, when they were at a, like a high school dance or some... Was it a dance or was it... No, it was the, it was the sister's um, little, uh, what is it called, ribbon thing. <laughs> gymnastics thingy, Maduhiki, where she's interpretive dancing with strings and stuff. 
I think that's rhythmic gymnastics. You know, I'm not I'm not a big, you know, ribbony girl, but it's fine. But I, I totally understood what you were saying with that. <laughs> yeah, they were there, uh, I guess, being kind of forced to sit and watch their younger sister who's a gymnast. And that leads us to, I believe, why the sisters, is that why they went to jail? Was the murder of their yes. younger sister? Yeah, yes. I couldn't remember. They offed their sister. <laughs> One thing that, folks, if you haven't watched season six, you shouldn't be listening, number one. But if you have, <laughs> you should. Re- you probably recognize that a lot of stuff happened in this season. These episodes were jam-packed. We had so many flashbacks. We had so many new characters, so we got to see their stories. Plus, we had flashbacks for the regular characters. And then just a lot of interchange. So a lot of communication, a lot of conversations to keep up with. So I'm, I've watched it twice already, and I'm probably still... I, as you can see, I'm a little foggy on some of the things but so they conspire i think that we we saw in that scene that these two are actually true sociopaths mm-hmm. uh, maybe psychopaths i'm not sure maybe a little mix of both for them but they um are jealous of each other number one <laughs> but then they have this perfect little sister that the gymnast who is going to be the reason why they have to move to texas because the the sister is going to a a training school and they do not like it and they just off the cuff say well we could kill her well i mean they have to think about the fact that it's also their senior year it's like three months before they graduate and now they don't even get to graduate with all these other people that were their friends because of this little sister and they think that the sister's the one that wants to do this that's where i think we saw a change in these characters is right before they kill her um barb kind of realizes oh she doesn't want to leave either but then she's right. like, well, we're already here, and it's already her fault. We're in it. We're doing it. It's already in motion. We can't stop it now. Do you remember the murder scene? Because I didn't feel like it was as gruesome as it should have been, for as wicked as they seemed. Like, it didn't seem that intense compared to well, everybody else. It seemed intense to me in the sense of they watched their sister go into the lake, in a freezing lake, in a sealed-up car. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, that's intense, but I mean, it would have been more intense if they'd, like, hacked her up, then fed her to, like, the alligators or something. I don't know if they'd, like... Y- they did it in a way that was smart and safe. I agree with that. Like, it was yes. the smartest way to do this. But I really felt, like, with seeing the drawings that Carol was making, and the way that Barb was, like, on board with it, like, I really felt like there was going to be something more to it. And, like, to see them just kind of, like push the car into the lake, I get you're watching your sister become an ice cube, but it's just, I felt like there could have been, like, more to them killing her. (laughs) That would have been one way to go, but I think maybe I like better that it was just their indifference. They realized that she didn't want to go. She wasn't the reason. That's what I saw the second time around. But like I said, we're already into it. Eh, doesn't matter. You know, so... (laughs) That kind of clues us into some of their rest of their activity in in the prison. Uh, I do need to mention that um, old Barb, which I hate to call her old Barb and old Carol, but (laughs) current day Barb and current day Carol are in the prison. And current day Barb is played by Mackenzie Phillips. Are you aware of who Mackenzie Phillips is? Maybe. I feel like I know the name. I don't know why I know the name. She starred in the 1970s version of One Day at a Time. There you go. I remember that. Okay. Yep. And I think she has also been on some, like, of the Nickelodeon shows as a parent. And, like, she's got a a well-known, well-documented 
that she has discussed and written about history of drug issues and issues mm-hmm. with her father and things. So she's had a troubled life that child actors sometimes do. But I did <laughs> love seeing her pop back up in a great role in this show and doing a really good job at it. She's She's got her issues in it, but she has a few scenes where she really gets to sh- to shine in it, where she she gets the bad drugs and ends <laughs> up in the infirmary. <laughs> that was basically, the best. <laughs> basically losing her mind. So do we have any other new characters that... Um. I don't know if there's any more new characters that really need to be covered. Like, those are the important ones. We have people like Creech and um, I think it's Bob or something. The the one girl that is, like, inspired by her own dances and stuff. But they're not yeah. huge players. We also have the uh, French woman, the one that speaks French. I don't remember her name, but she's hilarious and she's in every scene. Yeah, I don't remember her name either. Um, but they are they're minor characters compared to the amount of time spent. There's on four these. main big ones. Yeah, the four new ones that I think are probably going to carry over. Hopefully, Madison is not, but we'll we'll have to see with that. Okay, so let's let's go back and and talk about um, some of our favorite characters, which two of mine, and like we said, some people hate her, but I, I love the Piper and Alex story. We all love that part. Like that's not a that's not part of the disliking Piper in any season anyway. That's a different character. <laughs> Piper with Alex is a different character. That's true. Um now the show starts off this season where everyone as I said had been split up and we don't see Alex. And Piper does get a little bit annoying like her main she's like a dog with a bone trying to find Alex. <laughs> Where's Alex? Where's Alex? Is anybody seeing Alex? Is he, you know, and, and trying to, of course they just got engaged in the, um, in the last season to be married. And that's kind of the culmination of this, of the five seasons that we had had of them together. And I was rooting for them. And then to see them split up, it's like, well, wait a minute is suddenly Laura Propon leaving the show. And this is how we're going to find out that, and she's just not coming back. Um, I was a little worried about that because I didn't really do a lot of off-season looking into what was going on with this. I did. I definitely did because I was very worried because each season I worry, is Alex going to be there? Because she's like my number one. I've always loved Alex. I love the sarcasm. Alex is my number one too. Yeah. I like the little things about Alex. Like she's very smart. Mm -hmm. She doesn't get extremely flustered. She's seen and done crazy things in her career that got her in here and i love that she just sits around and casually reads books any type of book yeah like they always take care to show you the cover so you can see what she's reading and we don't see anybody else reading books in there or doing anything at all i think she's just figured out the way to do her time and it's going to be alex's way of doing her time that's one of the things that i like about her also i mean it's just it's laura propon <laughs> you can love her in any role honestly also she's got legs for days I think that's what it is. We're all watching to see how long her legs can get and see how far we can watch her walk. (laughs) Even when the season where they didn't have, they had the bed bug problem in there and everybody was wearing garbage bags and (laughs) and her glasses were broken and she just had them taped in the middle (laughs) and they couldn't bathe and so everybody's hair was jacked up. I was just like, I like Alex. (laughs) She still looked so good. We're like, how did you do this? Like, what is happening? I, um, last year had the very fortunate that a friend of mine uh, knows Laura Propon. I'm jealous. We happened to be in New York at the same time that uh, she was there and at an event. 
and uh, she invited her to come to the event. And part of the reason, other than that she knows her and she's a lovely, lovely person, part of the reason was because I was there and she was like, Connie will kill me if I do not invite her to come mm. to this event. <laughs> and mm. she came. She was more than lovely, more than gracious, so sweet, so lovely, and so tall. That's my favorite part. <laughs> Please make me feel like I am a dwarf. It's fine. I am here for it. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So I did enjoy meeting her, and I am glad that she did pop back up on the show. Now, here's the thing about her popping back up this season is we all love Piper and Alex together. And they did give us that, but they put it in this setting of the Max prison where the guards are just so prevalent there and just breaking any interaction up. Like, you can stand in the doorway and talk to, like, Alex can stand in the doorway and talk to Piper, but she can't enter the same cell, which is totally different than at the camp, as we know. They were down there hooking up at that camp like crazy. I mean, they're in the library, like, doing it in garbage bags again, so, you know, like... I don't know what it is with these girls in garbage bags. It's because they know that the lesbian garbage is real with them, but it's fine. Like, we'll take it. <laughs> right. Um, they know that everyone is trash for Exactly. <laughs> so not only did it cut down on any possible hookup scenes this season, but also we didn't get like the cute, like, oh, they love each other scenes either. You know, the one of my favorite Piper Alex scenes is the talk in Alex's bunk about the trips that they had taken and when when they end up saying i heart you i heart you too yep <laughs> that's the most intimate that they ever were not not even talking about sex that's was more intimate than any of the sex mm -hmm. and so we basically we got one little scene of that this season so you know if that's what you come to this show for you're not getting it um this season but it didn't matter i still like them together but i just thought it was interesting that they have to know that that's where not just the lesbians are watching this show for, but the straight girls are watching for this too. And the guys are watching for it. I think that the, that's the reason that they gave us like Daya and Daddy and they kept giving us other like lesbian instances and like little moments with other like situations is because they knew, oh, people are here for this, but we don't have a lot of it this season. So like, let's make up for it by giving them these little bones that we can find. But they're they're writing the season. They can give it to us if, if they yes. if they don't have it. It's because they didn't put it in there. Because other people seem to be able to flow in and out of their cubicles and their cells <laughs> at will with no guard ever mentioning it. But they are broken up several times, yeah. and then they are very cautious about it. It could have worked out. We could have gotten some of it, I think. And I I just wonder what the reasoning was for kind of the halting of that behavior i do know there was a switch in some of the writers for this season and a couple different episodes were directed under different people this season so it might have just been the fact of the switch of writers and the switch of directors had a different type of like workflow and show flow than what we'd been getting before and i know that they did a lot less of like asking um the actors and also like piper kerman like what do you think of this thing or talking to like jodie foster and be like what do you think of this thing and a lot of it was more like this is the story that I am writing. I'm doing this one episode. And that's how it kind of went. And then they just had to have writers that would link those pieces together. So I think mm. that it has a lot to do with, we have so much story we're trying to shove in here. Where can we cut some down? And we lost Piper and Alex time because of that. Like, I really think that's what happened. Well, I think it's unfortunate that we lost Piper and Alex time because <laughs> we find out at the end of the season that uh, through some hijinks and shenanigans, um, 25 people get early release from the prison and Piper is one of those people 
we did get thankfully we did get to see the the prison marriage of piper mm. and alex um because i was afraid that wasn't going to happen and i like that it was alex that pulled the strings to make sure that it happened mm -hmm. because that seems like something that piper would have been on one of her crusades about like she does <laughs> instead we alex put the book down for once and said i'm gonna get all of this worked out and nikki got uh internet ordained and <laughs> and married them so they did get married but then she's released so i think alex has got four more years yes piper was piper was supposed to have had nine months but they put six. her on the early release six, six months okay. so they put her on the early release and she's gone and she drives off with her brother and so i'm wondering they could they could go two ways with it they could stick to the canon, I guess, as you would call it in the sense for this show, of that Piper goes on to write the book. And maybe we just follow her life outside of the show, how the same way that we see some of the other characters who have been released. And maybe she comes back to visit Alex. Or they could go off script and put Piper back in prison. Do you think that Piper could be crazy? Because uh, she's really attached to Alex now, it mm -hmm. seems. And do something intentional or stupid and end up back in prison um okay so here's my first question have you read the book the actual book that this is based off of no my wife read it and absolutely hated it and Me she too. refuses to watch this show she refuses to watch this show um she's very critical of the piper real life character as she wrote the book as she made herself out in the book and i mean of course we don't know her but as she portrayed herself and so she just has no interest in it I watched the show first and then read the book and was highly, highly upset and disappointed because they are two completely different people, two completely different characters, and the canon of the book and the canon of the show are very far from each other. Right. So, I, do know, I do know just from hearing all of the reviews and things when the show first came out that people were like, this is nothing like the book. It's not. And I'm happy with that <laughs> i'm happy about the show that we are getting and i was displeased with the way that like the book like portrays certain people and then i think it was because i already respected those characters and i knew those characters so like being introduced to them in this world of awful things in this book and like being the, like reading the way that like the alex character was portrayed was awful and when that's your favorite character like it breaks your heart so right. I think that what they will do when it comes to the canon of this show, since they've already gone so far from the truth and the book that happened in real life, I don't think they can follow Piper's character in this, like, show doing that book because it's so different than how it was actually done. If they want to create a story, that's great, but I don't think they're going to be able to do that very well. I think that it'll be more about Piper trying to figure out how to deal with life outside, like, getting back to having a family with, like, having Cal around and her mom and dad, like, re-bonding with her parents. And I think she will go visit with Alex and stuff, but I think we might get... God, I hate, I hate when they do this. They jump forward. I think we might end up getting a jump forward because that is the driving force of this show, is the whole Alex and Piper storyline. I think we might get a jump forward in the season to, like, where it's, like, the end of Alex's, like sentence if piper stays out of prison you know what i mean like if she's not put back in we're gonna get them out of prison some way i did not take into consideration the time hop i didn't even think about that but you're right that is they a probably device, will that is a device that yeah they can use to you know if they decide that this next season the seventh season is going to be the last they have said that it probably is 
yeah, so they made to tidy up the ends to the time hop and they and they are out together, which uh, I don't know. It depends on how that affects everyone else for me, whether mm-hmm. I like the time hop or not. I, I mean, Alex and Piper have to be in game. For yeah. Me in this, yeah. Or I'm very upset. But we also have to deal. Let's jump back to Alex because she's made some deals here in this season with other prisoners. She made the deal with Madison to get her off of Piper's back to work for her, uh, to help her, like smuggle things in. And she's kind of been giving, she's been giving her her ideas, which make Madison look smarter to Carol. So she's got herself in there. And then she just keeps getting in further and further into deals with, now she's going to be working with Carol. Well, we need to talk about that because Carol, you know what happens at the end. They're dead. Right. So what does that mean for Alex? Yeah, major... Major spoiler. Let's stop the car. Let's go up. (laughs) Carol and Barb end up dead at the end of this season, which I hate because I... I like the old versions of them. I also like the new versions of them. Mm-hmm. So I hate that they were a one season drop in. But yes, so we've got people who were in precarious positions because of Carol and Barb, like Nikki, mm-hmm. uh, who Carol never quite trusted because Nikki, Nikki's smart. She knows the game. She has all these people figured out. You mean well, Barb? Barb, I'm sorry. Yes, Barb. <laughs> yeah. They, they start to run together. <laughs> the blues season. and the tans, they're all just the same. <laughs> So, yeah, Nikki was in trouble. Um, Frida had been in trouble. Red, to some extent, is in trouble with owing things to people and alliances. and that. So Alex is the main one, though, that I would be worried mm-hmm. about. Um, you know, does something happen to her in there? But like you said, they can solve that all with a time hop. So They could, but, I mean, we do need to think about what's going to happen to Alex now that Carol's not there. What's going to happen to Madison? What's going to happen to Daddy? There's a lot of ways that this entire thing could go. Because if it's about who Barb and Carol both trusted more, Madison's going to say it was her, but Alex should know that it was her. And she might end up taking over where Carol left off. And the same thing with Daddy and Barb. And you might be onto something good there is if we had a season where it was an all-out battle for control amongst... Mm -hmm. I see Alex not wanting control, but also Mm -hmm. Alex being like, I can't have these other people be in control. Mm-hmm. And that would draw her in. And Daddy has only been in control enough. Like, she's been very subordinate to Barb. So she really hasn't had to make the hard decisions or do any mm-hmm. of the, the crazy stuff that you have to do to be the big dog or top dog or whatever they call it. Um, So that would be interesting to see if there was a season where we had just, uh, you know, Whatever it takes to see whoever's going to come out on top, that that could be really good. If we have I more time, we could. But I don't think we have more seasons coming. So I think that we're going to have to see what end game is for this show. Because I think a season of trying to find that new ruler in Max would be very interesting. And a lot of fun for a lot of people that have been dragging along with the show. It would be fun, but if there is just the one season, are they going to take a whole season up with that? Exactly. What's the point of establishing a ruler or a top dog if you don't have another season to go in with those people and other stories? So maybe that's not going to happen. It'd be interesting, but mm-hmm. I, I basically, we don't know what's going to happen is where we're no. stuck at. <laughs> we don't know. That's every um, season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they left us last season knowing that people were getting moved and shuffled around, but we didn't know we were going to lose characters. Um, I just thought that everybody was just going to go to, you know, another prison. But look who we lost this year. We lost uh, Maritza. Mm-hmm. Big Boo. 
mm-hmm. which I think was a big gap in losing her. We saw the one instance of her at exactly. the Ohio prison or wherever. Um, Yoga Jones, who was a fan favorite, mm-hmm. and Norma. Mm-hmm. Did we lose anybody else? So so. Oh, so so. We lost. I, I noticed her first. I don't know why I did, but I did. Like I noticed she was gone. I don't. I don't really know. Like I can't think of very many others that we lost, but. It's upsetting. <laughs> like, it's really upsetting because these are stories that you followed, and now you're like, wait a minute, where'd they go? And some people watch for, you know, we all watch for different people and different stories. So, like, my mom watched, uh, especially because she really likes Sosu's whole, like, story, and she mm-hmm. really likes um, Yoga Jones. And mm-hmm. she was like, Becca, where are they? Like, right. she she didn't understand where they were, and I was like, no, they weren't in the season at all. And she was like, so where did they go? And I was like, they're probably in Cleveland, you know, living it up, shaving their heads. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) One character that we did not lose, and I know you had uh, some thoughts on Suzanne that you wanted to touch on. Yes, Suzanne. Beyond the Piper, Alex, and Tasty characters, which we do need to touch on Tasty also. But beyond those three, Suzanne is my favorite part of the show. Um, I've even taken myself, I refrain from calling her crazy eyes anymore because I think it's disrespectful and I don't want to call her crazy eyes. I think we all as a fandom like con- like had this consensus of like, okay, it's time to reclaim Suzanne. Like Suzanne is a person. It's no longer crazy eyes. I think they did that this season because they use her name a lot. Everyone, she's mentioned all the time and they mm-hmm. use the name Suzanne. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm happy about that because Crazy Eyes was funny at first, but immediately then I was like, oh, no, this is, this is a real character here. This is a real person and, mm-hmm. and very complex and very interesting and very heartbreaking character. So I, I've, I've dropped that Crazy Eyes. But you had some thoughts. Okay. So in the first episode, we are we have a a bunch of people that are reacting to the first episode differently because it does seem a little bit off the wall for Orange is the New Black's like opening like season. If you haven't seen the first episode again, you probably shouldn't be watching or listening to this podcast right now. You've learned too much by this point. Go back. Stop now. Anyways, so in the first episode, we see Suzanne slipping deeper into her psychosis like the psychotic episode that she is living in right now because she's not getting the proper medication or treatment and they're not doing what needs to be done to help Suzanne. It enables her to have these this episode, basically, where she is seeing things that are not exactly real, but parts of reality are slipping into it. And that's something that as, um, you know, like a person that is a theater major and sees different types of tactics used, being able to see them portray like, schizophrenic type of episodes through different TV shows that Suzanne is watching was amazing to me. Like, from Nikki sitting there telling her bad jokes, singing in a puppy dog costume, to the fact that Frida was sitting there trying to kill herself, you were catching on to what was happening in those other cells that she was watching. Because that's what it was like for Suzanne sitting in there, is that she saw everybody that was, like, having this, like, terrible thing happened to them but in her brain it was just watching tv because that's how she connects things i loved her running commentary too like oh no i don't like this type of program <laughs> yeah, and, and, and clicking over to the next to the next scene because that's that's what we do too you know? exactly so i thought that was great oh no i don't what'd she say i don't like i don't like uh interpretive dancing 
yeah. is interpretive dancing. She goes, I'm not a fan of interpretive dancing. <laughs> Click. Yeah, change exactly. the remote. I was just going to ask you, out of all of those TV things, what would you like to see as like a spinoff of the show? Like, what would be a fun TV show to do in Suzanne's psychosis? I don't know that I, I'm, I'm with her. I don't know that I want to watch any of them, <laughs> actually. Um I, I don't want to, what I do want to see and I would watch is when she saw the uh, all the inmates uh, doing the dance the <laughs> rap video the the you know the dancing to the the made up music and stuff that was kind of jamming and and I like that now Suzanne in a rave let's go there oh that would be great I would love that I feel like she'd have fun like she would have fun she just like nobody would think she was any different like right. at all and I'd love that she would fit right in and nobody would take a second glance or, or <laughs> thought about whatever craziness she was doing. You touched on the first episode and this happening in it. The One of the most heard things amongst my friends that like this show was, oh, I couldn't get past that first episode. I, You know, I'll pick it back up, but I just had to turn it off. So I want to tell people, you know, if you... If you're a crazy person who has, is okay with all these spoilers and um, <laughs> fine listening, but you haven't watched, <laughs> we're not just like obsessed with this show and are making up that we liked it and that it was good, mm -hmm. you know, with blinders on. Those first couple episodes were a little, a little establishing, a little like when you watch a pilot for your show and you're like, uh, I don't know about this. If I'm going to stick with it, stick with it for sure, because they have to do that establishing at the beginning of why some of the prisoners have been put into segregated cells, mm -hmm. why some people are in gen pop where some people had been injured and they were gone. We had to get, a, we had to have a groundwork or a map laid for us of where everybody was at. And it also served to play into the paranoia that a lot of the characters were experiencing because they didn't know they were just taken out of the prison, put in the buses and taken over there with no, you know, guards and don't give you information they just tell you where to go and and what to do and um so they're and unable to communicate with each other and they know well enough how the system works that somebody's going to go down for this basically they're all innocent for for the most part there was a guard who was found dead that was not by any of their hands it was friendly fire but the um officers made it appear that he had been killed by some of the inmates so that leads us around into what happens in the first few episodes where everyone is being interrogated the officials at the prison and the the state government are saying we've got to get this taken care of somebody has to go down so here's what you're going to do this many people are going to get this sentence this many people are going to be charged with this and you've got a week to do it or however long they gave him it was it was a, it was supposed to be two months and then he came in he's like you have a week deal with it so they kind of went through uh, and mined through everyone's records and found people that were vulnerable on things, brought them in, questioned them. And some folks, you know, were just worried for themselves. They didn't want more time added on, so they made up stories or they made it appear that other people were more responsible than they were. So that's another theme of this season is that we end up with everyone kind of covering their asses or turning their backs on their friends to because they're scared about what's going to happen because they have no control over anything in this. And so that brings us around to Tasty, who has absolutely the most heartbreaking story of this whole season. She's been one of the most heartbreaking characters of the whole show for me because, number one, the actress, Danielle Brooks, is great. She's amazing. 
She's always done a great job with this character. Tasty was always like the smartest, cleverest, quickest, funniest, and most real at the same time character on the show for me. You never know what she's going to say or what she's going to do. You never know what kind of knowledge that she's going to drop that's just going to be like, like hit you, like that you could take to heart in your real life, you know, through her words in the show. And she ends up being the main fall guy in this whole season. Beck, you're looking a little emotional right now. I'm looking sad. I'm feeling sad. I just, there's so much to Tasty that, that I don't think that they are ready to know as a prison, like these guards, this like court system that she's stuck in. Even the people watching the show, there's so much that we all feel like we learn something about her each episode, each time that we interact with her. She's optimistic. Like, if anything, Tasty knows what's right and she stands up for it. And it's something that we see so much in day-to-day life that we are living right now in this present state of this country and the whole world. Like, there are people that they're like, yeah, I've been dealt a shit hand, and maybe I didn't handle it right to begin with, but I'm trying to do what's right, and they just keep getting knocked down for trying to do what's right. And that's what, like, that's what really sucks about this part of, like, this season, seeing Tasty be the fall guy. That never should have happened. That was, there was no reason for that. There was no reason for Tasty to be the one to be the fall guy. It could have been any of them. It could have been Piper. It could have been Suzanne. It could have been any of them. But they chose Tasty to be that person because we all felt something for her, especially after last season and what she was doing for the whole Justice for Pusey thing, when we all felt that too. Well, I think if we look at, at the history of Tasty on this show, you know, she's been released before she got parole and wasn't able to deal with life on the outside because Mm -hmm. there wasn't anything there for her. There was no support. There's no family. The people that she thought of as family never really were like V who ended up being Mm -hmm. run over by Rosa in absolutely one of the best scenes ever in the show. I feel like we just need to go back and talk about all of the wonderful, like iconic scenes of Orange is a New Black. Just like how many bitches can be killed because they're stuck. Like that's just what this whole show is. (laughs) We should, before season seven starts, we should like do our own rewatches and then come (laughs) back and and hit the highlights. We should. (laughs) But so Tacey had been released before and and basically like the system uh, well, I'm not going to get political here, but the system was set up to go against her. She had to have a place to stay. She had to be employed. She had to. She had nowhere to stay except a drug den. And so what was she going to do? She ended up, it's easier for her to come back into the system than to tr- do all the things that she had to do to stay out. Then her best friend in the world, Pusey, ends up being killed by a guard. And that sets her off into this chain of events during the riot which now have led to, because she was fighting for justice for someone else, not even for herself, for someone else, put in the position where she has to fight for her own future. She ends up being convicted of a murder she did not commit, and she's going to jail for life. Is she going to jail for life, or is she getting the death penalty? Because if you took the plea, you got life in prison. If you didn't take the plea and you contested it, it said that you were uh, given the death penalty. That was at the very beginning they told us that. Okay, see, I'd forgotten that. I, I thought it was, I thought it was life. Sentence. I did it first too, but the second time I watched it, I caught up and I was like, the only reason they would be able to get life is if they took the plea deal saying they did it. I'm probably con- 
fusing Daya with her. Yes. Thing, because Daya's got the life. That's right. Um, and she, didn't she say something to Caputo, who was the uh, former uh, warden who's tried to help her all this season, for those of you that don't know? Didn't she say or hint something about suicide? She did. She said, um, if they convict me today, it wasn't even about suicide. It was about her getting killed. Like, even if, like, she had, she said if she was taking the plea, then it would have been signed in her death warrant. Warrant. And if she did fight this and they found her guilty, she was still signing her own death warrant. So she needed to fight it so she had a chance. Because I agree with her. If she hadn't fought this, took the plea deal, no tasty, she probably would have killed herself. Because she was not the one that did this. And she felt guilty in her heart. That was rough for me, the <laughs> stuff with Tasty. But again, I'm thinking ahead to season seven. So we know now that Tasty knows Black Cindy turned on her. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be an interesting uh, situation back at the prison. Uh, I don't know how they would be separated or segregated out because you've got murderers and killers <laughs> around with people, you know, for petty little small drug offenses and, and other things all mingling in together, even though it's maximum. So they're going to, you know, they're going to have some interactions. So that could be something for this next season also that could be interesting because, again, I also... I like the Black Cindy character, but I really didn't like her behavior this this season. I didn't either. Her abuse of Suzanne's condition to help cover her own ass, um, when just telling the truth may have been the best thing, and it definitely would have been the best thing for Suzanne, um, would have definitely been the best thing for Tasty, because Cindy's really the one that's set this whole shit show she has. for Tasty up. But that could be something that they do uh, next season is we, we could explore that part. Another heartbreaking part at the end, and this is a character that I also, uh, she's been in and out, not featured a whole lot during the show, but she's always very powerful, Blanca. Oh my God, it broke my heart. I cried. <laughs> I cried because I, that's the thing. I know that like, we don't want to get political, but I know that living in the world that we do, and me being such a young person and being in this world that I'm going to continue to see stuff like this every day for the rest of my life. Like, seeing that happen to her. So basically what happens is uh, Blanca's put up for early release. Uh, she's part of the 25. And as she's being released, they put her and Piper in two separate lines. And you notice that all of the people that are in the line that Blanca's in look like they're Hispanic or that they're foreign in some way. They all go outside of this door, and Ice is standing there. And she gets captured again. She gets arrested again. And I felt the worst for her man. Because he loves her truly. Like, they love each other. Diablo standing over there with those flowers, just waiting. He made me cry. He's he's bobbing his head and looking over the people and expecting her to come out. And, and just so in anticipation of her. And we are seeing the other side of that as she's being let out where the ICE buses are mm -hmm. waiting and the detention officers. While this is all going on, Piper is just beeping, booping out to go to her brother. And uh, Sophia, who we forgot to mention, uh, who basically could have helped the whole situation by suing the prison for her treatment, uh, decided to turn over and do a deal to get released. And so she's going to her wife... Those two storylines are, are going the way you want, but then you've got Blanca, who is just being sent to another prison, basically. Exactly. She's being sent... Well, now that... Okay, so um, I don't remember what uh, MCU's new name is. 
It's that super core. It's not super core. That's a that is a really gay ship, you know. Wow, I'm doing great. No, it was like it was poly something. It sounded like polycon. 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 Okay, so now Polycon is opening up a new like immigrant detention center. Right, because what happens to these <laughs> these prison systems is they um, bad things happen. They get bad reps. They get bad press. Then just, they were called MCC. Then mm-hmm. MCC has the riot, and so to cover up all this stuff, they have to get it, just change their name and get into a new business. Well, what's convenient right now? Immigration detention. So they're going to start operating immigration detention prisons, basically. And so all those Latina prisoners are just being told they're released. And yes, they are released from MCC and being handed over to the detention center. Which is even worse. Like, it's... It made me so upset because here's the thing. When they first said, when Blanca's story came up and she was being interviewed by the feds and um, that woman, uh, I don't remember what her name is, the federal, like the feds woman mm-hmm. said, I think that uh, so-and-so will find this interesting, like about Blanca's like file. Yeah. I instantly was just like, it's going to be something about immigration. Like I knew there was something in my head that was just like, it's going to be something about immigration. And like, I didn't know how that was going to play in. And then to find out at the end what happens, mm-hmm. it broke my heart because all she wants is to go home and be with her man and have a baby. And she went to great lengths to get pregnant <laughs> in prison, which was some of the funniest stuff that happened. Nikki's a damn good friend. She is a yes. damn good friend. <laughs> yeah, Nikki decided to uh, do the turkey baster uh, <laughs> method with her in the in the library, wasn't it, <laughs> that they did that? Um <laughs> Which ended up getting them in a uh, beat up and in a lot of trouble, but we're, we're digressing there. I think we've covered a lot of this season. We've talked for an hour. Yes. If we tried to break it all down with all of the things, it would be, uh, it'd be a whole new podcast series, and we can't do that. <laughs> so I'm just going to kind of give my recommendation for this season is I have had a love-hate relationship at times with Orange is the New Black. The first season aired, and I was like, this shit is revolutionary. I told everybody I knew about it. <laughs> I was just like, y'all, Orange is the New Black. You know, I give people a lot of TV recommendations. They probably get really fucking tired of it. Me um, too. And I get really fucking tired of them not taking my goddamn recommendations. That's <laughs> <laughs> what happens. I'll tell people forever and ever about a show. A year and a half later, they'll be like, oh, I watched Blank Play Blank. It was great. I watched it in a day. <laughs> and I'm like... I, I, I told you that was the best show I'd ever seen. Why, why are you not watching it? So I told everybody. I probably drove people crazy with it. And then then they switched up the season so much that you never knew what you were going to get. But I've always been a fan of it. But there's been highs and lows. A low would be the whole Piper underwear season. I thought that was a fever dream. <laughs> I just, part of me forgets that it existed. You just said that and I was like, that happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a thing. That's also the time that brought us Ruby Rose. Oh, that's a whole nother topic, a whole nother podcast. We'll get into that in another life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have to. So I've been telling people about this season, though. I'm like, hey, this is my favorite season since season one. It's not as good as season one, but it's been my favorite one overall because so much happened in it. It was the new setting. We had kind of seen what everybody's behaviors were before this. We knew what to expect. From Alex, from Piper, from Tasty, from, you know, uh, Black Cindy, Suzanne. We knew what their deal was. They had to be thrown into a new situation. And with that comes good and bad things. But adding in those those new characters that we did like 
added a nice freshness to it for me that I enjoyed. And I enjoyed seeing how, whether our girls from camp were going to stay together, like Red suggested, and my girls are, are tight, my girls are good, mm -hmm. we're a family. And we see that that's not always the case this season. So we got a lot of different dynamics from people. We didn't know what to expect. And then throwing in the, the political stuff and the heartbreak, for me, made it my favorite season since season one. Uh, I don't know. What did you think about it overall? Uh, I personally loved season two the most. I always have. I don't know why. I think it's just me. But I will say that I have felt Orange is New Black has been a little lackluster for the past, like, two, three, four seasons in between season two and now. And this season full-on got me excited to start watching it again and it made me want to just restart and dive back in and find those things that I loved because the new characters brought us new storylines but it also reminds us why we love those characters that were already there and I think that it was a really important thing to have this season to be a callback of what we loved about the show but also give us new things to think about so I think that it was very important for this season to have happened especially in the time that we are living in today. And I think that you and I are both probably going to think about this a lot until we get season seven <laughs> um, and all the things that we might get with that one. Have they announced it yet when it's coming out? It's usually nope. in the summer, so I'm assuming... It'll probably be end of July. Yeah, unless they had some grand plan to hurry up and get it over with. Uh, we'll be waiting a year for the next season. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but we'll have plenty to, to think about on that. Um, so I guess we should wrap this up and... I can go ahead and clue everyone into our discussion from our last episode when we recorded together. Where we discussed our Carmilla podcast, and we have gotten serious. We have buckled down. <laughs> we, we're going to be recording those first episodes in the next week or two and get this thing going. That is upcoming. I haven't finalized everything yet. Beck and I are going to get together here in a minute and, and get our outlines and our game plan going. You missed your chance. You should say buckle up, Preem Puff. We're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got big plans and big things going on and um, I really enjoyed talking about this show with you and I know I'm going to enjoy talking about all the other stuff that's coming up. I believe the next thing we're maybe going to talk about is uh, for this show is Batwoman. Okay, let's go for it. Okay, so formulate <laughs> your thoughts on that. I know we've we've both been texting back and forth about it. There's, um, I've made my opinion known on the World Wide Web already. I've made <laughs> and, it known in my household, so. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of, of talk going on about it. So I'm going to look at some of that stuff and think about how I think about it and get back with you hopefully next week, and we'll talk about that. So right. I guess we'll sign off for today. All, All right. right. Bye, guys. Bye.